Hello and welcome to the Poppin' Things Podcast, a pop culture podcast hosted and produced by Colorado State University students. We are your hosts, Chapman Croskill, Alec Erickson, and Nicole Conklin. So we are back from break. Did everyone have a nice fall break? Oh yeah. I mean, so much turkey and mashed potatoes. I feel like I'm still eating it today. <laughs> I actually, I still have turkey left over and I'm still eating it. Right, see, we had a very untraditional Thanksgiving this year and I honestly didn't eat that much. I'm a little bummed about it, but it was a very low-key Thanksgiving break. I love Thanksgiving so much. I also, I did a lot of things like over breaks, like I played a lot of Pokemon, and I watched a lot of Westworld, and I watched Moana. Um, yeah, in the time that between, you know, the Friday before break and the Friday before I went home from my parents' place, I had completely finished Pokemon Moon <laughs> and finished one of the main, like, post-game stories, as well as caught all of the legendaries. So, um, <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, that was a thing that you definitely did and started. <laughs> so that was great. That um, was your break. <laughs> but I really did enjoy And I only put, I think, about 40 hours into it mm. total. Um, but I really enjoyed Pokemon Moon. I think it was a good new, you know, entry in the franchise since I really didn't, I wasn't a huge fan of X and Y. I thought that it was lacking a lot. So I was really happy to, you know, see a new game that tried new things and had kind of a new story. And you haven't even played it yet, have you? Uh, I have not had the chance to start playing it. That's heartbreaking. Yeah, I know. Um, but I also saw Moana in the, you know, continuing the theme of uh, Hawaii, I guess. Well, Polynesian, but you saw Moana, right, Nicole? I did. What did you think? I was pleasantly surprised. I went into it not really knowing what I was going to see. I actually auditioned for the film about two years ago now. And um, they didn't really release a lot of the information then. Um, but then now, seeing it, I loved that it was so different. It had no love interest. And yes. there was no... It wasn't <clears throat> this, that stereotypical princess movie. It mm -hmm. was so different and the music was brilliant Lin-Manuel did a great job so I had a lot of fun watching it I like that they had a throwaway line about princesses it was yeah. like if you're a if you're a pretty girl with an animal companion you are a princess uh -huh. which is funny but yeah I really really enjoyed it um I don't know if I was like pleasantly surprised like I kind of went into it knowing it was going to be you know at least decent but it definitely was I feel like different from a lot of other Disney princess movies um in the sense that like it was actually kind of a lot less musical number heavy and it was a lot more just like overarching music themes which was really nice like i think there's only four main songs or about f yeah four main songs in the entire movie and you get to hear Dwayne the rock sing which, which was pretty was fun. fantastic I mean, he was can't go wrong with he that. was really good he was really Maui. good he was and i also enjoyed that the the animation was just beautiful gorgeous oh my absolutely gosh. gorgeous probably it's probably up in one of my favorite disney movies i mean now. the water looked so oh, good looked and refreshing i thought that the storyline was going to be super weird after mm -hmm. reading like the very brief description of it like she, mm -hmm. okay she's saving her people from all these crazy things yeah and i didn't know what direction that would take but it was very much like rooted in the culture yes and i loved that it was i feel like especially because like i feel like they don't do a lot of like mythology mm -hmm. like heavy movies anymore i feel like the last big one we had was probably uh like hercules and even then like greek mythology is very popular in pop mm -hmm. culture but like polynesian like mythology and culture is still very you know it's a real thing like it exists in the world a lot more than say greek culture and so it was really cool to see them you know tie in mm -hmm. and i heard that it's apparently like very sold out in hawaii just because like people are loving it they're loving the representation oh. and i mean i mean i also loved the um, main actress which i want to pull up her name i butcher her name every time i say I, it i know who you're i know and about. i'm gonna say Alu i'm gonna feel terrible but yeah, um, Alec, are you going to try and go see it? Uh, I'm definitely going to go try and see it. I'm always kind of been a fan of these more modern kind of Disney movies, except with the exception of uh, 
Frozen. Actually, I was not too big of a fan of Frozen. I was more of a Tangled kind of person myself. <laughs> but where would you say, like, in this, like, new era of Disney movies that they're doing, like, where kind of does Moana stack up? I'd say it's a lot less of, like... It's a lot more emotional and like deep than I love Tangled, but it didn't. Yeah. Ha- it was a very much about the story of this girl. Um, but I'd it- compare it to Big Hero Six, like the, like the. It's not about See, a love I was, story. Yeah, yeah, and I was going to compare it actually to The Lion King, which is my mm-hmm. all-time favorite Disney movie, in the sense that it's it's a very, very powerfully... And, like, yes, there's a love interest, obviously, in The Lion King, but the story is much more about, you know, Simba mm-hmm. retracing his roots and connecting to his, like, his father and, like, his his role. Mm-hmm. And I feel like Moana is very, very yeah. heavy of that. And it also has, does have a lot of things from Hercules, you know, discovering, like, where you stand and, like, what you're for. See, when you said there was, like, no love interest, I was starting to get that break vibe like no love interest oh, that kind of yeah. thing because that was more of a mother-daughter kind okay. of movie i might i might butcher this but is it ali cravalo cravalo sounds right cravalo. I'll, yeah it's a beautiful person gorgeous name, name. i can't say it i can't say it um but yeah she was absolutely she's phenomenal. only 15 her singing voice is phenomenal yeah um i mean you know in the last movie we had adina menzel who was a very very well-known you know singer right and in this movie we had a they open casted this movie. completely unknown and she was so amazing cool. um and the mu- music was so much fun i really like shiny it was very different but it was so it was funny very, it was very david bowie-esque but moving on from that i also um binged west World Overbreak. I don't know if either of you watched I it yet. started Westworld okay. Overbreak. I have not finished it. I got to about episode six. Okay, I'll just talk a little bit about it. Um, I'm a huge Michael Crichton fan, and for anyone who doesn't know, Michael Crichton wrote uh, Jurassic Park and uh, Sphere and a lot of other very famous novels, uh, very, very good science fiction novels. Um, but he also wrote the original screenplay for the original Westworld movie. Which um, starred Yul Brenner, which was a fantastic movie. I've never watched the original. Um, it but was really good. This new one is being done by J.J. Abrams, and obviously Michael Crichton's passed away, but it's very built on this idea he set up. It feels very Michael Crichton-esque. You know, it feels very Jurassic Park-esque, and I love that because I love Michael Crichton because... Although he, you know, he has very well-researched sci-fi, he also has a very human element in all of his stories, um, and it very much touches on that. But it's it's a very good show. Um, the twists are surprising. I think for once we actually have a show that's relying, bless you, Thank on you. twists rather than deaths, which is good. Um, getting away from, you know, the, the Walking Dead, Game of Thrones style <laughs> of just relying on killing off people, whereas this is relying off of actual twists which is really, really cool, and the story is very, very cool. I don't know how they're going to do a second season because um, the third, the first season seems like it's building up to a big thing, but it's, I'm really enjoying it, and I'll definitely, I'll probably talk more next week after the, I think I think this weekend might be the season finale. I know that's the 10th episode, and they're definitely building up to a finale, yeah. but I don't know if it's actually the finale. And I mean, it has a really good cast. Ed Harris and Anthony Hopkins are in it, and mm-hmm. it just, it's and one of those Anthony, shows that Anthony like... Anthony Hopkins is amazing. Yeah. Because... Um, this isn't spoilery, but he's not necessarily a good guy. Like I would, I don't, I don't know if I'd call him a villain yet. Um, but you know, going into that show, I was like, I really hope they don't ruin Anthony Hopkins by making him just be this this weird old guy. And he's not. He's terrifying. He he's... from the get go, you are like aware of Anthony Hopkins like character, and you just want to know more about him yes. as the series go on. And I'm still trying to figure that out as I'm trying to finish up the series 
But yeah, and it's I like it because it's also the closest thing we've gotten to a video game style movie because it really is, you know, the equivalent to, you know, playing an MMO where you mm-hmm. can do whatever you want, but it's, you know, a real life and real world. And speaking of weird uses of video games, um, Super Mario Run releases this um, December on the 15th, the 15th. Um, which is Nintendo's current next uh, app attempt at getting more Nintendo actual first party apps. Um, we first thing had... Um, we had Pokemon Go, and we ha- we've had uh, Mitomo, which is a really, really not my favorite social media app because it loads super slowly. But I feel like Super Mario Run is probably going to do well. Yeah, it's very much anticipated. And I think they're only they're only charging ten bucks for the app, um, and I know you know, and they're all excited about that because you know you the console is your phone, and so mm-hmm. you don't have to go buy a console. Um, however, I don't know much about how the game is going to be structured or formatted. So it's um from what it looks like, it's basically just one of those, you know, runners where you mm-hmm. tap to jump and stuff. But Mario and it, I believe it's only on iOS. I mm-hmm. believe it's an exclusive par- partnership with Apple, which yeah. is interesting. Um, I don't know how to feel about it. I I'm glad that they're trying new things and trying to get into, you know, the, the field of mobile apps. But I think that they're just kind of pandering for money, honestly, with a game like this. I mean, it's Mario, so of course, like, every kid is going to buy it, ask for their parents to get it, and so it's just, like, they're kind of pandering to their, like, most well-known character, Mm -hmm. and so there's that issue as well as the fact that, like, Nintendo hasn't been necessarily the strongest in the mobile market because Niantic ran Pokemon Go. It wasn't Nintendo, and so that could be a lot of reason why you can explain why Pokemon Go flopped even though it's starting to see a little bit of resurgence now, it's mm. not too big. But, I mean, still, like, Mario Run is kind of one of those things in the vein of, like, Flappy Bird is what it uh, looks like. And yeah, so, it looks like a very runner-style game. Yeah. Which, I mean, Sonic the Hedgehog did one of those, um, um, I don't remember what it was called. That was, like, four or five years ago. That was in high school. Uh, they had a runner game. Um, so this isn't unusual, but I don't know. I'm sure people will buy it, but 10 bucks also sounds like a lot for an app honestly. I agree. But um, also in the lieu of um, Nintendo games, we got a new trailer for the new Zelda this morning. And it is beautiful. And it's beautiful. Um, obviously, it didn't show off a lot, but the main things that we got out of it is that at least at some point in the game, you do see a civilization in this world. Um, we don't know if that's a flashback. We don't know if you like move through time or if that's just how the game is. But we did see civilizations. We know that there are people in this world. It's not a completely empty world. We also saw a mysterious bird person. Um, we don't know if that is a uh, Ruto, so that's yeah. interesting. There was also a floating castle ship. That was shaped like a bird. <laughs> that was shaped like a bird. And so I don't know if like that's like the Ruto civilization that's going to move through the world, maybe, possibly. And we also saw a mysterious female figure who's probably Zelda, let's face it. Yeah. But we also, in the scene with Zelda, we saw Link with the Master Sword on his back. Um, so I'm guessing that we're going to have to find the Master Sword. It's going to be like decayed and rusted, and you're going to have to fix it, which would not be surprising for Zelda game but um I'm looking forward to it I'm looking forward to it on the switch um completely on a completely different note um I was talking to my mom about this over break because we were we were talking about the medals of freedom that were awarded um all presidents do this in their last term um and so a lot of different you know celebrities artists were awarded medals of freedom um from Ellen DeGeneres to who else Nicole Tom Hanks Tom Hanks uh, Diane Ross Diana Ross excuse Mm -hmm. me um and those are off of the top of my head. Oh, and there's one. You, can you talk about that a bit? I want to pull up one person. Yeah, for sure. So um, 
that did happen over the last couple weeks and the biggest one was Ellen and she just had a lot of social media buzz around it because it was so emotional for a lot of people. Um, But this award is the highest civilian award, excuse me, that anyone can have. And basically whoever gets it has contributed significantly in their field, culturally, just honestly, it's, it comes to be about making the world a better place. Mm -hmm. And that's not a huge surprise that Ellen got one. Um, Tom Hanks, has a ton of cool things he does. He really does put a lot of work into his industry, and I'm not surprised one bit he got one. One of my favorite actors of all time, Robert Redford, just got one as mm-hmm. well. And so, like, is like a lot of very well-known people who have contributed a lot to society. And the one that I was this. extremely happy to hear about was Margaret Hamilton, um, who wrote code for the original Apollo 11 mission. Mm. Uh, she wrote all the code. There's a very famous picture of her standing next to a stack that, that's half the size of her of just oh handwritten gosh. code because this was a time before, you know, oh debugger gosh. systems on computers. Um, but she was awarded a uh, Medal of Freedom, which is super cool. That gives me chills, honestly. Um, um, let's see. And I mean, obviously, yeah. yeah. And there's lots of people who say, oh, these actors don't deserve it but i'm sure these actors do a lot of you know charitable things and, and there's a lot of musicians who also mm-hmm. receive this award because bruce springsteen received one this year as well yeah. And, and my, so, yeah my mom and i were kind of having an argument because she was saying that just because like people have money and therefore can donate it doesn't mean they deserve the recognition but i don't know i do have a lot of respect for actors and maybe that's just my experience you know being in the media production field but i have a lot of respect for what they do and like the fact that they choose to you know because there are plenty of actors who choose to take their money and Mm -hmm. not do charitable things with it well and my family we talked about this over thanksgiving as well my mom was like there are plenty of other people who need to be recognized that aren't celebrities and i but i think the purpose of this is to shed light on how much these people do right and they're not just celebrities and Mm -hmm. so that's i thought it was really great and it really does help you know, people like you and me are inspired by their acts of kindness. And I think that it's great that they're being recognized. Yeah, it's super cool. Um, also on that topic of, you know, presidential medals um, and the po- and, you know, po- world of pop culture, we're also getting a Jackie Kennedy movie, uh, yes. Jackie featuring, featuring Natalie, Natalie Portman. Portman. Um, and I know Jackie Kennedy has been recognized as being, you know, one of not the most influential mm-hmm. influential first lady, but she was still very influential, especially on the culture at the time. Mm-hmm. Um, and she obviously, you know, how to deal with a lot a lot of sadness in her life um, after the passing of her husband, but that's I'm always excited to see. It has Peter Skarsgård in it, mm-hmm. who and is the movie, a fantastic I believe, actor. Yeah, the movie I believe takes place. It has John Hurt in it. It takes place right after the assassination. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, in the beginning, I was reading an article and it said that it literally starts with her bloodied from him well, and the, so that's a very heavy moment and i'm really looking forward to see what this movie is well, like. well the description is uh, a grieving jacqueline jacqueline kennedy examines her husband's legacy as the nation mourns his death so i think it might be a reflection on jfk mm-hmm. but also her which is good um because they both get a lot of attention but i don't know if they ever get attention as a couple maybe yeah um but i guess that comes out today I didn't realize that uh, release date, December 2nd, 2016. Well, okay. I thought it was in a few days, but that's great. So yeah, that comes out today, um, which is cool. Um, I'll probably, I probably won't go see it in theaters, but I might try and get the DVD, get it on Netflix when I can. Mm -hmm. Um, We also got a teaser image and a short teaser trailer for a new movie that I, I was confused at first, but then I did some research and I'm not as confused now, but we're getting a new mummy movie um, featuring Tom Cruise. Yep. And so I initially thought that it was the based on, you know, the mummy with um, Brendan Fraser, Brendan Fraser, mm-hmm. which is one of my all time favorite kind of like 
horror comedy films. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not. It is an enti- It's based on the new franchise that they're trying to do, the monster franchise. Mm. Um, uh-huh. They're actually trying to do like a whole franchise, you know, style in the style of like the Marvel franchise, mm-hmm. um, which it's technically much. Dracula Untold was the first one. Mm-hmm. Um, and so the new mummy is going to be the newest one. Um, and the teaser looked interesting. It um, did. It looked, it looked very unique, I would say. <laughs> it it's interesting, you know, they're paying homage uh, homage to these old um, these old monster movies from the twenties and thirties. But the mummy in those was, you know, just like a wrapped up guy who chased people. And this, you've got what appears to be a female villain who's got powers. Yeah. It's interesting. Um, the other thing that I read was apparently the amount of money that Warner Bros. paid Tom Cruise for this like really boosted his ego because they paid a lot of money just to get him on so they could boost their franchise, mm-hmm. which is now has him asking for a lot more money for his other films. My gosh. Um, because apparently it's um, the estimate that I read, and this was on Reddit, so I don't know for sure. Um, was that he's being paid $30 million for this movie okay. um, and that he was only paid uh, $15 million for Mission Impossible 5 and they wanted to pay him another $15 million for Mission Impossible 6 and he refused that. He was like, this franchise doesn't exist without me. You need to pay me more, which I don't know. Like, I understand where he's coming from, but like, could you imagine being paid $15 million to do a movie? He's one of the examples of one of those celebrities who's not exactly in it for doing good in this world i'm actually not a huge fan of tom cruise um i don't even think he's that great of an actor i think he's a pretty face um but i don't i don't think respect him as an actor at all and i think he's the opposite example of these people you know who got the medals of freedom he's just he's i don't know and i i haven't done a lot of research into any philanthropy he's done but i mean i mean besides like the mission impossible series he's really only iconic for movies in the 80s essentially is what oh, he's most well known for and so like a lot of his modern day roles like just totally even, even fly then by. mission impossible was the best one is the first one from the from the 80s yeah or from the early 90s. it was like early 90s early 90s um and so like the new ones are good but you watch the original you realize just how simple of a movie it is it's just like a simple we're gonna break in get the thing break out and it's such a classic movie and then the new ones are so over the top I've like never seen it. i really enjoyed mi5 but it just i don't know it's a whole completely different movie <laughs> franchise um but you know movies are great and netflix is a great program because it lets us you know watch netflix and finally netflix is allowing us to watch movies offline Except there's one little caveat to this. It's only Netflix originals mm-hmm. at the moment. At the moment. So um, it's like no one ever knew this was going to happen with Netflix. Like mm. people have wanted this forever. And so they're just like out of the blue. They're like, hey, we have offline mode now. Here you go. Netflix originals. So you can download all the episodes of their shows that you want. Okay. Watch on planes, trains, automobiles, <laughs> what, what have you. Um, but... It is finally a thing. It's out there. And I mean, it gives me a chance to like at least like binge some more shows that like <laughs> if I don't have the time or if I do it. So well, it would have been really nice for me because, you know, over break, I was uh, with my parents in the mountains and I just didn't have great Wi-Fi. And I burned through most of their like they have an allowance on Wi-Fi and I burned through most of it watching Westworld. <laughs> um, but it would be nice to have been able to, you know, pre-download some of the Netflix shows at the very least because, you know, I was watching BoJack Horseman mm-hmm. over break. Um, and it's definitely, you know, it's something they've been needing to do for a long time. Mm-hmm. I mean, everyone wants to watch, you know, their Netflix originals and not have to use up all their data. Yeah. Um, and it'll be really nice for planes, I think. But yeah, that's a cool thing that Netflix is finally doing. Do you think they're going to expand to all their movies and stuff on there? I would hope so eventually, but we're also in this like weird transition phase with Netflix where they're focusing a lot more on their originals. And so with them putting a lot more of their budget into their original series, we're seeing them not pay as much for the licenses to other movies that they don't produce 
So we're losing a lot of movies that way so that they can just turn around amazing content like Stranger Things and all that. I think they're jumping on that train because, I mean, Stranger Things, um, Unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt, a lot of those shows have been doing very well. And I think they're trying to catch the flow with that. And then I have a feeling they'll go back to the other ones. And the kind of counterbalance this is uh, the fact that uh, DirecTV just kind of launched a streaming uh, app for their service except it's like it's to help people cut the cord essentially is what direct tv is doing interesting except theirs is kind of this weird launch because um you can't uh essentially watch whatever you want whenever because they give you a limited number of uh channels to view from and then you have to watch live but you can watch it anywhere that you have a Wi-Fi connection. That's... So it's not essentially cutting the cord. It's just making you move away from your TV to some other device. It's basically um, like the apps that let you listen to radio, like iHeartRadio, mm-hmm. which, you know, it's a cool app in theory. Like, I really love supporting radio stations. I love 93.3 in Denver, mm-hmm. but I never launch iHeartRadio because I put on the radio when I'm in town to listen to it. Yeah. Otherwise, I listen to Spotify. Mm-hmm. And this, and it's the same reason that iHeartRadio is only surviving because they also buy the rights to almost every radio station and are making their money off of festivals and events. Yeah. They're not making their money off the app. Yeah. DirecTV is not going to make money off of this. No. Honestly. DirecTV makes money because of the monopoly they have. Um, apparently, AT&T also wants to buy um, Time Warner, which is interesting. They bought Time Warner. They did, they? Yes. That was, it's mm. unofficially? Okay. Yeah, that was a while ago What's now. That? Oh, yeah, I, it was a couple I'm, weeks ago. I, must, I just saw some news this morning about it, so I wasn't sure. So, like, the main fe- reason why a lot of people worried about that is because uh, AT&T provides, like, phone and internet services where Time Warner provides uh, internet as well as uh, TV. And so that concerned people because that was more of a vertical uh, integration of a system versus a horizontal integration. Mm-hmm. So, basically, that means, like, now Time Warner is bought up by this company that will provide everything to someone. So like you're completely dependent on AT&T to get everything you own, like phone, internet, TV, all of it. Like you get it from this one company. You can't just like space it out how you want. Mm. So it's completely dependent on this company now. And that's the one reason people are worried about it. And that's a whole other discussion. That's not really pop culture. Mm -hmm. We're almost at time. But the last thing that I just want to brush on, apparently Canadian cops are now threatening (laughs) to play Nickelback for people who break the law. Do you have this article up? Yeah. So it's uh, one of the most like, you think it's an Onion article when you first see it. It's not really an Onion article because there's these police in Canada, the Kensington police, that on their Facebook announced that during the holiday season, if they arrest anyone for a DUI, they have a office copy of Nickelback's album, Silver Side Up. <laughs> and so if they arrest anyone for a DUI on the way to the station, they will force you to listen to this album all the way to the station. And so it's just like... Even Canada is acknowledging the questionable existence of what Nickelback means to the world (laughs) for the fact that they're they're torturing these. Granted, it opens up the dialogue about drinking and driving, but at the same time, it's like you're forcing everyone who does this act to listen to it. I think Nickelback acknowledges how much they're just a laughing stock and how like... like, There are people who I think honestly like Nickelback, but there's just always that joke about Nickelback. I don't know. It's something, but... Uh... I went to a Nickelback concert back in my day. <laughs> How was that? How was that? Well, my friend was the producer for them. Her, her dad was, excuse me. And so we would just go to their shows all the time. And they're great people. I'm, <laughs> I'm, I don't doubt it. And I it. kind of feel bad for them. I don't doubt it. 
Um, I don't doubt they're great people, but yeah, that's kind of hilarious. Well, we're getting into the holidays. We'll probably have a more holiday-themed episode next week um, because it might be our last episode. We'll decide sooner. We'll, we'll decide eventually, but I um, want to thank you so much for listening. Um, please tweet us at CSU Collegian and uh, enjoy your December. Mm-hmm.